This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Winter storm warnings and winter weather advisories remain in place for a large part of uh, North Dakota, northern South Dakota, central Minnesota, stretching from Bismarck and Aberdeen through Fargo all the way to northern Wisconsin. Grand Forks-based National Weather Service meteorologist Jacob Spender says the heaviest snow right now is along that I-94 corridor in eastern North Dakota. But if you look at webcams in Trail County getting down into Cass County, the snow intensity is increasing. Currently looking at the Fargo-Moorhead area, that is where the heaviest band of snow is currently set up. We've gotten snowfall reports of around 6 to 8 inches around the I-94 corridor getting into west-central Minnesota. Uh, we did upgrade Becker and Ottertail counties to winter storm warnings because they have started to see about 4 to 5 inches with additional 2 to potentially 4 inches expected throughout the rest of the mornings. And Spender says the wind's right now a bit subdued. We aren't getting full wind with the system, but with the heavier snow bands, visibilities, they're just dropping quickly down to a quarter of a mile. But we do get these frequent gusts up to 30 miles per hour, so we're getting near that blizzard criteria, but not there as of yet or anything. We are still reassessing throughout the morning, potentially seeing if that is a possibility, but as of right now, the winter storm warning is continuing until 3 p.m., and we're looking at a grand total of almost 10 inches in some of these areas down southeast North Dakota, with the heaviest right around that I-94 corridor, getting into Clay County and then also into Wilkin as well. Dust storms continue and are expected to once again hit the great southern uh, Great Plains. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey has that forecast. The big story for the Great Plains will be the storm expected to emerge across the southern Great Plains later this week. Already, twice in the last week, we have seen significant early season dust storms raking parts of New Mexico, West Texas, and parts of neighboring states. And it looks like that could happen again later this week with another very powerful system coming out of the southern Rockies, sweeping across the southern plains. And those storms continue to cause problems for winter wheat. We could see once again significant blowing dust that has already caused damage to winter wheat and other winter grains across that region and has really left a sour taste in producers' mouth as we head into the spring with very difficult conditions across West Texas and environs. North Dakota Grain Growers Association president uh, are in Washington, D.C. this week. Here's Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster, Sierra Doctor. North Dakota Grain Growers Association President Ed Kessel says a visit to Capitol Hill has produced discussions on pesticides, regulations, trade, crop insurance, and more. We uh, visited the Canadian Embassy, visited the trade issues as far as uh, just transportation, what's going on in between, in between twos. Uh, we talked about some pesticide issues and, and regulations that they put forth on uh, Lambda and into the feed use chain. And then uh, we were over in F uh, USDA buildings for the afternoon. We met with FSA Administrator Dushanow. Uh, we talked about staffing at FSA and, and making sure that, you know, we have the, the ability on, on these programs, the staff to, to match the needs of, of uh, agriculture out there. So we visited with 
RMA. We talked about crop insurance uh, date far as payments, looking to move that, that payment date back. Kessel says moving the crop insurance payment date would better align with the marketing year. Well, right now uh, your payment is due uh, October 1st. Um, just being able to, to move it to a November or even a December would be able to get you to harvest that crop, market some of that crop, and, and get it to where uh, you know you don't have to, to borrow that money and uh, borrow that money from the bank to, to put it out there to, to make that payment. And Farm Bill Talk will remain a top priority for the North Dakota Grain Growers Association. Another fly-in is scheduled for March. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA's latest crop progress report for the week ending February 26 showed North Dakota topsoil moisture rated 34% short to very short, 60% is adequate and 6% surplus. Winter wheat rated 95% fair to excellent. Calving progress at 10%, just ahead of this time's uh, this time last year's 9%, with cattle and calf conditions 93% fair to excellent. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association in Washington, D.C. this week meeting with legislators. Executive Director Harrison Weber says they have key objectives for their visits. We're live out here in D.C. as, as part of our uh, annual fly-in, our industry-wide fly-in. So that's uh, where the, the beet industry and the, the cane industry uh, locks arms. And, and, and we're making a number of visits uh, across Capitol Hill here. It's a farm bill year, so that's certainly on our mind. And, and uh, the sugar program you know, falls within the farm bill. And, you know, discussing uh, uh, crop insurance and the safety net. We have got to maintain that uh, in the farm bill. And, and we want to make sure that, that all members, both rural and urban, are very much aware of that to to ensure that we can continue to to provide a safe, reliable, and affordable product. One of the biggest priorities is to educate the large number of legislators who have not dealt with a farm bill before. A lot of a lot of new members here. A lot of members have not voted on the uh, the farm bill, uh, both on the House and the Senate side. So it's a lot of education with these members and, and their staff. Without us coming out here, they, they don't get their information. They don't know what's going on out in the countryside. And so really our, our biggest challenge that we're up against is just education, education, education. Minnesota released a record budget surplus projections earlier this week. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. With an estimated $17.5 billion in budget surplus for the state of Minnesota over the next biennium, the state legislature has been busy. Senate Ag Committee Vice Chair Rob Kupek of Moorhead says he has seen a lot of bills move through committee. We've had a whole lot of bills coming through, particularly around uh, agricultural technology. Uh, I just did uh, funding yesterday for the uh, Agricultural uh, Research Institute. Uh, so they need some upgrading to some of their facilities and labs. And also we had another bill just for general funding for them to up that for some of the really good things that they're, that they're working on. Uh, I carried a bill, too, for uh, about county weed agents. Uh, we've long mandated that counties uh, control weeds in their county, but we, it's really been an unfunded mandate. So those are, those are just a few of the things that I've been working on. The projected budget had been expected to increase, but was actually about $100 million lower than previous forecasts. Kupik explained this is due to factored-in inflation. Obviously, there is a large pool of money, and a lot of that surplus is one-time money. Where we're expanding is on one-time 
uh, spending things, like, for instance, that updating that lab. That's not an ongoing thing. That'll be a one-time expense. So we have been looking at that. And the reason, too, it did not come out higher uh, was that we have now gone to figuring inflation in the budget in the out years, which we haven't been doing in a long time. So we've gone back to a practice we had about 20 years ago. Uh, that number probably would have grown, but now taking into account inflation, it kind of held that budget surplus the same. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Carbon market legislation to prohibit confidentiality clauses in the carbon market contracts was introduced in the Minnesota House Ag Committee yesterday. Representative Christy Purcell introduced that bill. It prevents carbon market contracts from including a confidentiality clause that would limit farmers' ability to show their contracts or discuss them with others. Um, This mirrors longstanding law barring confidentiality clauses in ag production. Most carbon carbon storage contracts we're seeing come to farmers in Minnesota um, do actually have these clauses as part of the agreements, and it's currently a gray area. And so this legislation is just to clear that up. Todd County, Minnesota dairy farmer Pat Ludeman served on the advisory committee of the Farmer's Guide to Carbon Markets and testified in favor of that bill. The practices of entities seeking carbon credits from farmers through binding contracts is an environment without much structure, rules, or guidelines. Many of our farmers are at a severe disadvantage to the buyers who are negotiating these contracts because those buyers are negotiating contracts every day. A good first step to level the playing field is to strike confidentiality provisions in the contracts. This would be a good first step in providing transparency to move the market towards fair values between buyer and seller. We as farmers are willing to play a role in solving climate change. We just ask for an honest, transparent, and level playing field. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. As grain hauling continues, North Dakota State University Farm and Ranch Safety Coordinator Angie Johnson is reminding those who are handling grain to beware of the dangers when entering grain bins. Back in 2020, North Dakota ranked second in terms of grain bin related incidences, confined space entrapments. And so it's a really big problem. People going inside the grain bin to try and break up crusts or chunks or get the grain to flow. How do we how do we have that conversation about zero entry? Nobody likes to hear that. The reality is, is there are times when we may need to go in that bin. But what is your plan? And, and are you prepared to execute that plan to make sure you are as safe as can be and that you come home alive each and every night? And Johnson says it's her job to stop new stories of farm incidents. Every single person that comes through that booth has either been impacted by somebody that's gotten hurt or has passed away due to a farm incident, whether that's grain bin related or not. Everybody's got some type of story or or some type of connection to a situation like that. And so the more we can have open conversations about it, the more we bring awareness, the more we bring prevention-based education so we don't get to that point about talking about somebody's unfortunate mishaps and injuries and, and even funerals. North Dakota Soybean Council hosting their Soybean Marketing and Risk Management Seminar uh, coming up mid-March, the 14th and 15th uh, in Fargo. 
North Dakota Soybean Council Director of Market Development Jenna Beertness says this year will offer something a little different with North Dakota's new soy crush plants coming online. We're looking forward to this year. This will be the first year that we have a dedicated soy crush plant with bids out that can be included as part of your marketing plan. So uh, that's going to take place over two days with Dr. Frayne Olson and Dr. Bill Wilson. We will cover everything from futures markets, trading technologies, basis behavior, hedging, marketing plans and strategies, uh, just to really kind of fill up your marketing toolbox as you head into next season and make some decisions for kind of what you're planning this year and, and how you can market yourself best. And the goal of the seminar is to help producers become more comfortable with creating a marketing plan. The benefit to the producer here, you know, maybe you, you've dabbled a bit in some marketing techniques, but we really want to have the producers leave feeling more confident that they, they understand the futures market, they understand hedging, uh, they're comfortable doing making those decisions or working with someone else to make those decisions. You know, we're, we're encouraging if you have a marketing team where it's not just yourself making those decisions, bring the whole team so that you're all on the same page and you're all understanding what each other are doing with your soybean crop. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. May wheat Minneapolis is down a quarter penny. Uh, the July contract unchanged. Chicago may wheat a penny higher. Kansas City may wheat unchanged. May corn up a half. December corn down three quarters of a penny. May soybeans are ten and a half higher, while the November contract seven and a quarter cents higher. Canola is trading three dollars and ten cents a metric ton higher as well. On the farm calendar, uh, NDSU extension. Uh, uh, offering webinar series for junior beef producers. The next one comes up on March the 7th. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.